you to find your seat. If you'd find your seat, please. Philippians 4 and then Psalms 100 this morning. Uh, Thanksgiving Day is a national holiday. 1621, November the 26th. Uh, the Plymouth colonists um, and Native Americans, there's about 90 plus Native Americans, about around 50 uh, colonists. And they had an autumn feast in celebration and of thanks of provision to God. 1863. Abraham Lincoln declared it a national holiday right in the midst of the Civil War. Hundreds of thousands of U.S. American citizens had died. And I quote some of his words from the first Thanksgiving as far as um, Plymouth Colony. By the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often, we offer with you partakers of our plenty. Governor William Bradford, the second Thanksgiving, he called a religious fast. Days of fasting and thanksgiving became the common practice each year. George Washington called upon Americans, all Americans, to express their gratitude to God on this day. Abe Lincoln, his Thanksgiving proclamation, listen to these words, to ask God to commend to his tender care all of those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the laminal civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. This was in the Civil War. And you may not realize uh, us, Canada, and I think one of the islands the only one that actually have this holiday. I was a missionary in Malaysia, an Islamic nation, and uh, you recognize and value sometimes holidays more. Uh, I remember our first Christmas in Malaysia, late 80, 1980s. You couldn't even find anything that resembled Christmas at all. Uh, Islam nation and I can remember how we were it just became so real and so value of Christmas no Thanksgiving etc. I want you to stop and think for a moment what God has done for you because Thanksgiving is not about you it's about God it's more about giving than getting. That's why it's thanksgiving. I want to minister this morning. Thanksgiving is the key to God's gates. Psalms 100 verse 4. But first I want to read Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. Paul writing, Be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. And bless his name. Father we come by the blood this morning. We come by the power and the dominion of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray you pour out your spirit in this place. God, save the lost. God, give us revelation, God, of your word that we might live life in dominion and victory. Bless these people, I pray. <clears throat> Bless their families during this season in Jesus' name. Thanksgiving is such a powerful biblical concept. <clears throat> It's a revelation and an acknowledgement of God and who He is. It's not really about turkey and football. It's much deeper. I want to take you on a Bible journey this morning called Thanksgiving. The root of this word Thanksgiving is to hold out your hand in worship. It's the expression of gratitude. It's being grateful. It has the thought of appreciation. Of. Thanksgiving is a reflection of your heart. It's to acknowledge another. It's to acknowledge God or another human being. It's expression of your heart towards someone else. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Many thanks to you. I thank God for you. In other words, it says you're not taken for granted. I value you. I have this deep regard and appreciation for you. I hold you in deep honor. I'm so grateful. You know, I'm, I'm, when you just think about God saving you. Not only did God save us, he invested in us. I mean, we could start with the crucifixion, but that's just the beginning. Once you're saved, he invests uh, his Holy Spirit in you. He invests, he guides, he orders your steps up. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Uh, whatever I am today, whatever I've been able to accomplish for God, uh, it was because of Him and not us. At the end of the day, I didn't get here. You didn't get here by yourself. There were people involved. There was God. There was an investment. Thanksgiving is a Christian virtue or should be. When we miss it, 
And many times where we miss it, thanksgiving is not dependent upon everything being perfect. It's not dependent upon no problems, no struggle, no difficulties, no pain. Um, thanksgiving is not dependent upon circumstances. That's why the Apostle Paul is such a revelation in our text about being thankful. He links thanksgiving to grace. The grace to give. To be thankful. 2 Corinthians 9.10 God who supplies every piece of food put in your mouth. God who increases your righteousness and you are enriched. Verse 11 which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Through many thanksgivings to God. Verse 12. Verse 14. Because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God um, for his indescribable gift. In other words, there's, there's such a grace that begins to flow through your life in salvation. And being filled with the Spirit. This thanksgiving ought to just be the flood that flows out of that. It's a Christian virtue. To be a Christian is to know about Christ and how can you not be thankful? Colossians 2.6 As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. The next verse, uh, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Paul's saying thanksgiving is a result of salvation. When you're established in the faith, this ought to be your language. This ought to be your heart. Not the circumstances of life. The key to praying, Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, by vig be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Never leave thanksgiving out of your prayers. It's a Christian virtue. Is it even possible to be born again and not be thankful? Is it possible to be forgiven and be a believer and there not be this gratitude? You say, Pastor, but, but I'm in pain. I've experienced rejection. Pastor, if you knew what I was going through what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, the difficulty, people, what I'm experiencing, all of the crisis of life. Uh, but think about Paul. He's the one who wrote these words. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we are pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, verse 9, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Uh, Pressed, perplexed, 
persecuted, struck down. One translation, we've been spiritually terrorized. We've been battered by troubles. We're not much to look at. Paul one time said, my bodily presence is contemptible. But he said, all of this, the very next verse, verse 15, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Paul has this incredible mindset about thanksgiving. The more I suffered for Christ, the more thankful I became for what he'd done for me. What a way to live life. What a way to process life. Paul laced thanksgiving through all of his letters to the church. It's some of the first words out of his mouth in every letter. Let me ask you, what are the first words of your email? What are the first words of your text? Philippians 1.3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Colossians 1.3, we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. 2 Thessalonians 1.3, we are bound to thank God always for you. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for you. 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God. Philemon 1 verse 4, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers. Thanksgiving. Romans 1.8, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Is that how you relate to people? Is that how you approach people? Is this how you enter conversations with people? First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is not just a day you take off work or your holiday or as I mentioned turkey and football or a time to go visit and all of those things are fine but it's a powerful spiritual position where you position yourself mentally and emotionally and relationally in life it'll change your marriage thanksgiving stabilizes your mind it defends your mind. It keeps you mentally stable when you go through the crisis and you take the hits of life. Watch Romans 1.21. Watch their mind unravel and decay. First Corinthians, or Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God, nor were thankful but became fruitile in their thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened. 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Verse 28, God gave them over to a debased mind.
the moment they were no longer thankful to God, something in their mind began to deteriorate. If you're not thankful, it affects you mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Said no longer were they grateful for what God has done. The moment you're no longer thankful for what the church has done, what people have done, what the Holy Spirit has done, something begins to warp in how you mentally approach life. You become spiritually, mentally ill. You fall into selfishness, confusion. Think of this. They, they, if you read on in Romans 1, it's they became, their mind became debased. Uh, they lost all sense of direction. They lost the ability to even be human. Uh, their minds became fruitile, useless, without purpose. One their mind became like a junkyard. <laughs> Perverted, no value, depraved. You see, Thanksgiving is much more than a holiday. Again, it's how you place and process yourself in life. It rebukes anxiety in our text. I've never prayed for so many people who are stressed out, mentally burned up, and uptight, wound so tight to Panic attacks. Always stressed. Everything in life becomes an issue and a drama. Now your feelings begin to dominate. You're this screaming flame of emotion in life. Accompanied by fatigue. Always tired. Can't rest. Ulcers. Stomach cramps. Migraine headaches. Nausea. In our text, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything be thankful. Pray with thanksgiving. In other words, there's something about being thankful that rebukes anxiety and stress. Uh, and you're always wound so tight. Uh, just one little crisis, just one wrong word. And I mean, your fuse is lit, your chain is pulled. And I mean, you're off to the races emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Is that you? Or am I preaching to the choir? Verse 7, it says, And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. When your focus in life is gratitude, I'm so thankful. I'm grateful. Something about the peace of God becomes your portion uh, and your position in life. Let me ask you how, do you, how do you mentally, emotionally, how are you wound? And I understand people are different and raised different and different DNA, a lot of things. But listen, as a child of God, there's some, that worship is powerful. Worship is an act of being thankful. It's an, I'm giving you glory, God. I'm so grateful. There's some praise. Uh, there's something powerful. It's not praise. Paul said, is the fruit of our lips doing what? Giving thanks. It's not silence. 
It's not being a spectator. It's participating. It's something out of your heart that begins to flow. And it affects you emotionally. There's a peace. Uh, there's a confidence. There's a stability in life. Nothing seems to shake those who have this deep gratitude and praise and thanksgiving to God. But those who don't, you can be born again. You can be in church every service, uh, uh, but all of a sudden, it's like I've pastored people before and it shocked everybody. They just, they went ballistic. I wonder if it's because Thanksgiving was just simply a day in November. See, it's more than the holiday. He said, the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all understanding. In other words, we're talking about a peace of God that's not dependent upon your situation. You may be here this morning, you're going through intense crisis. It's not based upon what you're experiencing in the moment. The detail, the event, oh, you can write it all down. But it surpasses understanding. It lives beyond the circumstances. That's why Paul, I mean, beaten, stoned, left for dead, run out of cities, snake bitten, in the deep, uh, in prison often, and, and, and he could still write, I'm so thankful for you. Thanksgiving is a gratitude that rebukes bitterness. It's hard to be bitter when you're thankful. Amen. It's just hard to get all wound up in bitterness when you just have this gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad you saved me. Hard to be bitter at people when you're thankful for what God has done and people who have loved you when you were unlovable. In fact, it's almost impossible to be bitter at a husband, a wife, your spouse, when you're thankful and you're grateful. I always tell these couples that get married, I says, remember something? There's a lot of yous out there on planet Earth. Yous is everywhere. It's not like they didn't have another choice. There's millions and billions of males and females. And so when they chose you, you ought to be grateful. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know you think you're God's gift, but um, amen. That goes a long way in marriage. Honey, you, out of all the, you chose me. We just had, I think, three or four weddings. You asked me to be your wife. You accepted me. My proposal? Wow. You know, love is blind. No, I praise the Lord. That's, that's, for, another, <laughs> that's for another day. <laughs> oh. I was with Charles the other night in Glendale. He's sitting here on my left. Um, and we're riding over van. I don't know, 20 guys or so went over the other night. Uh, Harvester's homecoming. I said, Charles, how was your day? He said, Pastor, what a beautiful day. What a glorious day. And he was laughing, just full of joy and comments. And 
And he's blind. You see him, he gets ushered into his seat, ushered out. And yet here, I'm, I'm, as I was putting this sermon together, I was thinking, here he is, so grateful, thankful. And we went out to eat after that, all the guys, we went out to eat him. And I'm, I'm listening to him. He's just entering the conversation, just filled with life and joy and, and excitement and talking about this and talking about that. Would that be you if you couldn't see? Talking about buying a shotgun. He said, I want to make sure I hit something. Amen. I, I, <laughs> that's another story. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Just pull the trigger. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. You see, hell always wants you to focus on the negative. Where there's no thanksgiving lives on that street. The grumble, the complaint, the critical, the bitter. The children of Israel, think of this, freed from 400 years of slavery. And yet the demonic instilled in their focus. Where was the gratitude to God? Where was the thankfulness? Numbers 14, 2, and all the children of Israel grumbled and complained. Exodus 16, 2, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel grumbled and complain. Listen, listen. Grumbling and complaining closes the door to blessing and inheritance and destiny. They're at the fingertips of their inheritance, the promised land. And because of this mental attitude, it closed the womb of blessing. And they didn't go in. See, thanksgiving opens the door because thanksgiving is, is kindred to faith. Uh, it attracts God's presence. We'll look at that in closing. Thanksgiving, you see, it rebukes so many. It rebukes bitterness. Uh, it rebukes rebellion. It rebukes riots and rage. Um, Thanksgiving removes all of the excuses for a bad attitude. All the excuses that we throw out there 
This is why I act the way I do and we throw out our excuse. But Thanksgiving has the power to erase that. Thanksgiving will cause you to live in a world where no excuses are allowed. No blaming. No victims live there. No finding fault. Um, no complaining. Um, I wonder if the man who buried his talent, there's no record of any thanksgiving. He said, you're a hard man. Talking about God, a picture of God. The Bible says, God gave each one according to their own ability to one five, to another two, and another one. The one who got the one, remember he buried his talent. And, and when the Lord came, I mean, you read about the judgment on this man. It, it sometimes seems so hard. Cast him into outer darkness where there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And you, see, and you think, well, we, he just buried it. It didn't like, it's not like he took it to Vegas uh, or somewhere. He just buried it. But there's something there. There was no gratitude. There, there was no God, thank you. You gave me one. I didn't deserve any. I wonder if he looked, oh, you didn't give me two. You didn't give me five. You didn't. He, but, and it warped his whole perspective of God. You're a hard man. And it's interesting for all of you that love socialism. He took the one. He took the one. He didn't give it to the two. He gave it to the one who had the most. There goes your socialism. All the poor ought to give to the wealthy. No, no I'll leave it with you. I mean, you believe, how many believe the Bible? You got to somewhere. You got to say, "I live by the Bible." Come on. Later for all the other insanity. But my point is, um, if you're not careful, when you're unthankful, you'll bury God's inheritance. Wonder how many. Listen, some, listen, let me talk to you. Listen, the greatest gift God will ever give you. Apart from Jesus and the Spirit is your spouse. No one has more influence on you in life than the person you're married to. Nobody can hurt you like they can, but nobody can bless you like they can. There's something pow powerful when you're grateful for that person sitting beside you today. There's something. It begins to flourish. It begins to multiply. But if you're not thankful, if you're not careful, you'll bury the greatest gift God has given to you. You bury the very one God designed to bring a glorious dimension into your life. Connie, it's a trip. She, you know, we're getting older, it's hilarious. It, she's not here this morning and so I can say, I can talk about her. <laughs> She can't remember things. Some of you close to her, she can't remember things. And, you know, we have this joke, you know, she's got a 38, she got a couple 38s and a 22. I don't know why I ever bought those for her. It was years ago. Uh, I, I got this joke, yeah, I come home from preaching and open the door and she says, who are you? <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm just joking. 
but, but all the blessing she's been over the years. The blessing, the strength, the encouragement. Things weren't going well. The pain, the agonies of life. Heard me say when we buried our daughter, went through church crisis, all kinds of different, struggled, lived in attics and Sunday school rooms and the blessing, the blessing. Don't take it for granted. Don't forget to be thankful to God, the church, the ministry, people, all oh, the joy of people staggers the mind. Don't get so caught up in your little world of grumbling and complaining that you lose the language of thanksgiving. Because when you lose the language, you lose the life. That was for several people here this morning. I don't know who, but I felt inspired to say that. Blamers and complainers never accomplish because they live in a world of excuses. I want to close. Listen, God is attracted to thankfulness. Thanksgiving is the key that opens God's gates. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Do you exercise that key? Do you exercise the key of thanksgiving? Psalms 116, verse 17, I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. Thanksgiving allows you to enter, go through the gates where God dwells. His presence, His courts, his courts represent his power. His power becomes manifest and real, active in your life when you bring thanksgiving. Where God rules, where he administers, where God demonstrates himself, God steps into the arena of your life when there's thanksgiving it's like it opens, it allows you to enter the gates where God rules, His courts, where He administers, where He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, where there's supply beyond measure, where there's healing and miracles. When you enter God's presence, you are entering the very dimension that Jesus demonstrated on earth. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. 
He cast out demons. He caused the boy's lunch to feed a multitude. All of this begins to be your portion in God's courts and into his presence. But thanksgiving allows you to walk through the gate. Thankful people are allowed to be in God's presence when others are not. Thanksgiving, we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. We sing these courts. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That's not just a course. That's a revelation on how to approach God. Is that you? That means now he's personal and present. He's actively. Now it's not just theology. Now it's not just words in a book called the Bible. Now it's not just something I attend on Sunday morning. It's a place I live. It's a place I dwell. It's a life that now God has access into the arena of my existence. And that changes everything. That's why people come through these doors bound in addictions and meth and cocaine and horrible. Bound in jealousy and racism and hate and bitterness. Bound in self-pity. Bound in anger. Marriage is dead. Lives dead. No hope. And they come through the doors and they get in God's presence. Uh, and those dead things are resurrected. Uh, and curses are broken. Uh, curses uh, of generations. <clears throat> curses that track your family like a shadow. Every generation. And you stepped away free. Is it possible this holiday, this coming Thursday, Thanksgiving, is it possible that one of the great reasons America is blessed and so powerful is because Thanksgiving was instituted as a national holiday? And as we lose this thankfulness to God, which is on every side, we forfeit His gates. We're barred from His courts and presence. And we see the curse exploding all around us. Grumblers and complainers are locked out. Do you speak a language of thanksgiving? Is that part of your vocabulary? Thank you. You know, that's why you need to teach your kids. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. You go to a restaurant. Thank you. Thank you. 
need to teach your children the great price that was paid. Your testimony is so powerful to your, a lot of church kids. Your testimony, so powerful. You need to explain that to them. That's why we go to church. It's not just something we do. We're just so grateful. We're so grateful. We love being in God's presence. Is that a part of your vocabulary? <coughs> Hard to be negative and complaining and grumbling when you're thankful. This generation, it's like it's saturated. All the news. If you watch news all the time, you'll be crazy. <laughs> you'll be insane. And you watch your vocabulary. You'll have nothing good to say about anybody or anything. But what happens? Listen, listen. Don't, don't allow that to be your M.O. Don't allow that to be your resume. Don't allow that to be how people view you. And God. And God. And God. I ask you to bow your head with me this morning.